In the name of Jesus, amen. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. He sat on the donkey. No one came to lay palms, though. The crowds were social distancing. The disciples wore masks. Three of them had to stay home, though, because of city ordinances. This doesn't really work. Self-quarantine, even with the very best of intentions, leaves us feeling hollow, while the crowds all gather to meet the Lord who enters into the city to the cries of Hosanna. We have been away too long. These pews are tired of being preached to empty. It's tiring. It's harder to sing hymns at a screen. You still should, but it feels weird. It's harder to listen to a sermon when social media is one click away. At least during regular church, I can see who's gotten bored of listening to me. The longer this goes on, the more the frustration builds. But what does that say about us, that we literally covet the freedom of the crowd that would cry crucify in a week? At least they got to sing together before they rose up to cry for the murder of our Lord. So they got that going for them, which is nice. As the frustration builds, so does the temptation to think that our problems would all just go away if we could be near each other again. But we're wrong. Freedom's a funny thing. Everybody wants it. We treat it like it's the greatest of treasures, a sacred thing, an inalienable right. But for the life of us, we can't actually describe it. Ask somebody about freedom, and they'll skip right over it every single time to tell you about the thing that they actually want. Freedom really only seems to mean being able to leave the house again anymore. Let me sit in a pew again. Let me see my friends and the rest of my family, and maybe a little bit less of the family I keep seeing. If you laugh, that says something about you. We describe it in a way that always seems to go hand in hand with control, this freedom stuff. This freedom stuff must mean wanting for nothing. But the thing is, Jesus is God Almighty, huh? Presumably, he has control, seeing as how he made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. God should lack for nothing. He's free, if anyone is. But he can do absolutely nothing but ride into Jerusalem on a donkey to die. And at the same time, the people want freedom so badly they will trade the cloaks off their backs and throw palm branches after kings to get it. They shout, Hosanna! It means, save us. But anger and fear and pride will grab hold of them so tight that they will be the ones yelling, crucify, in a week. It's the exact same crowd, you guys. They have everything that we covet right now the freedom to meet, but as it turns out, that does not cure their disease. Sin still flows out of the heart, and it still breaks stuff. So they have all the same problems we have, bottled deep down in their hearts, are the idols that they bow to in the name of freedom. Each one has a nice little label on it, covetousness, lust, hate. I know because I keep all the same bottles on a shelf in my heart. 
and these bottles make us stupid. We end up choosing things that make no sense at all. We buy all the toilet paper, as if that will keep us safe. We forego our identity as Christians, so that no one would laugh at us for daring to think that we might be essential. We bow to idols in the hope of finding peace, but really only end up hurting while we do. Because sin still breaks stuff, no matter how nice the label is you put on the bottle. It hurts, not just each other, but we hurt ourselves, and all of it. No matter how much control we have or how happy we feel, peace always seems to elude us all the while. Because the crowds aren't as free as we like to think they are. And our freedom isn't just laying at the end of social distancing. So our Lord rides completely free into Jerusalem to die for those worn down and exhausted by sin. He preaches to these sinners, not just about the ridiculousness of our bottled up idols, but he preaches of hope. He fulfills the promises of the prophets. He sustains the weary with a word. He preaches of life that death cannot destroy, of freedom that is not rooted in control, of hope that is not steeped in idolatry. He preaches about himself. And then he answers the cry of the crowds, both of them, Hosanna, save us, crucify, because that's how he does it. He gives his back to those who strike. He bears our disgrace. He carries your sin. And he helps. In doing so, he shows us what real peace actually looks like. Our Lord rides into Jerusalem with no misunderstanding about what's going to happen to him. He submits to arrest. He sacrifices control. He stands before Pilate under all the pressure in the whole wide world. But look at him. He is the only one at peace in the whole story. The Pharisees are in a rage. The disciples are terrified. The crowds cry in anger. Pilate's hands are tied and he doesn't know what to do. And all the while, Jesus is glorified. He is glorified in this moment on that cross. Our Lord's glory is revealed when here, he he shows you what freedom is. Here, he shows you what peace is. Here, he shows you what life is. Our Lord is glorified when he saves you by dying on that cross. Through short, quiet cadence, he answers Pilate. Through gritted teeth, he promises thieves to life and paradise. Through agonizing pain, he cries out, it is finished. But in the midst of all of it, his trial, his pain, his sacrifice, his blood, his torture, his death, he talks like he's free. He could come down from that cross any time, but he doesn't. Really, he can't. It's not a lack of power that keeps him up there. But a will, a love, it's you that keeps him up there. He needs to save you, and nothing will bring him down from there. And so he is at peace. Jesus died for you, that you might have a measure of the same. He dies for you, and for me, and for all of the world, that the prayer of a lost and sinful people would finally be answered. Hosanna, save us from all evil, from all tyranny, from what we do to ourselves and each other in the name of freedom. It is finished. Your sins are forgiven you. Death is destroyed, and you are free. Free enough to even see that freedom is a funny thing. 
because it doesn't actually look like running far enough away that you finally escape your problems, or even steamrolling over them in some measure of control. It doesn't look like control at all, but it always looks like peace. Freedom is a chance to hold your head high, even in the face of every enemy, because the God who loves you so much that he would yield his freedom to grant you your own will save you from whatever you face. Freedom is the ability to set your face like flint, knowing that Jesus, who saves sinners, is your help today here, now, even in the midst of all of this, that is where real peace is, because now it isn't ours to build through control anymore. Now it isn't ours to have to measure freedom by having every desire met. There's peace in knowing that we don't have to somehow find a way to just get happier when we don't feel so fulfilled anymore, and we don't have to find a way to get less scared of every enemy that threatens to take what's ours. Now we don't have to covet control We can have a comfort, even in the face of evil, of torment, of sin. We have a Jesus who died that we would live. We have a victory over death. We have a God who promises that he will defend us, that he will save us, that he will grant us peace. And so today is Palm Sunday when all the crowds get together and we stand apart. Yet in Jesus, we still stand together. We are united by the God who frees us from sin and from death. We are united with the crowds who cry out, Hosanna. We are united by the cross that answered their cry. That is their cross. That is my cross. That is Jesus' cross for you. And so under that cross, we stand together. In the name of Jesus, amen.